You can still have those conversations, boundaries, limits. What are my rules in my relationship? What is it that I don't like this, that you, you still should have all of those conversations. This is more of just getting people to think about consent is a lot more than just yes, no. Yeah. Right? There's, there's a lot that goes into it. Of that lined up. That's <laughs> 2024. I don't know if it's ready for us. I'm ready for it. I gotta say, I cannot wait to share all my crazy, sexy stories from New Year's. Yes, <laughs> uh, so exciting. In the meantime, welcome back to Girls Gone Deep, where we are talking about all things sex, non-monogamy, and all the crazy shit that happens in our head in between. <laughs> I am V. And I'm Elle. Welcome to another episode. Yeah, and today I'm super excited. We are rounding out 2023, which was our first full fucking year of podcasting. It yes. is so crazy to think about. <laughs> and, you know, during the month of December, we did kind of revisit some stuff and we gave you some stats and it was just so cool looking back on everything we focused on this year and all the friends that we've interviewed and talked about crazy stories and all the shit that we've worked through. So in all of the editing that we've done, we naturally have had to cut some stuff out. And there's all different reasons why we have to cut stuff out when we're editing, whether it's for time, because we always try to keep it around an hour and sometimes we can talk for fucking five Forever. hours. Forever. Yeah. We would never stop. <laughs> yeah. So we had to cut some stuff for time. We had to cut some stuff because it was non sequiturs, just like had literally nothing to do with the episode that we were on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we wanted to keep them because they were fun and funny and silly and important as you'll see. So we have a couple of clips here from some of your favorite episodes. (laughs) And so we're excited to kind of dive into them and we're going to kind of intro each one and um, reflect on it now from our position here in the beginning of 2024. So the first one that we're going to listen to is from when we recorded episodes 41 to 42 with Leah, who spoke about somatic healing and transformation through ENM and the benefits of dating couples. It was just really beautiful conversations, deep conversations, but this was a really silly point in the conversation. So go ahead and give it a listen and touch your nipples while you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Lingerie. Like someone was like, oh, you could just throw a bra on with that. I'm like, I I physically don't own any. Like, you know, speaking of not wearing any bras, Em asked me this question last week and you know, he was genuinely curious. He says, nipples, nipples through shirts. Is that like intentional? Do you girls like want to wear shirts and have your nipple show? Or, you know, do you try to cover them up? Like, cause if this is a thing, then why don't we just create shirts with nipples already built into them and women can just <laughs> all have nipples showing all the time. <laughs> cause they are a thing now. I really feel like I see more nipples in a day-to-day out in public than I ever did before 
growing up. I feel like we are becoming a more sexually expressive culture with this whole gender thing and society changing that people are like, fuck it. I'm going to be what I want to be. And if my nipples are showing, my nipples are showing. So I wanted to get your opinion on this. Do you, each of you, do you go out with your nipples out knowing that they're out and not giving a fuck that they're out? Or do you try to cover them up? Do you have nipple covers? Are we talking fully sheer shirts or are we talking like a white t-shirt that like maybe you can see it a little bit through? Yeah. Like Jennifer Aniston and Friends. Like you could see the nipples, but not the color. I feel like a shirt with nipples built into it defeats the purpose of why I don't wear a bra, which is to feel completely natural. And you're just like... I don't know, naturally sexy in that way because you're being free and 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 just letting your body be and being in your body. I don't know. So you you consciously are aware that your nipples are out and that's what you want to do and it's and you'll wear them. You'll yeah, wear them and it's not necessarily way. in a sexual way. Like I'm not trying to be sexy. I do think it is sexy and I feel sexy because I'm more connected to my body and I can feel my nipples like through the shirt and everything like that. But I think it's it's very similar, too, with, like, the whole thing at Hedo where men were allowed to be topless in the buffet and women were not for a very long time. And then it was like, wait a second, that's not fair. So if, like, men can wear shirts without bras, like, why are we told we have to contain these things that we don't have a choice if we have, unless you're Leah and you had a choice? <laughs> <laughs> Leah, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, all of that. Like, right, there's the also the sexualization of like a woman's nipple. Like, why why is it that my nipples are sexy and Harry McHarry pants' nipples aren't sexy? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, it really is like like women's women's nipples have been like sexualized and so th- that is a whole socialization issue, but I, I for one, am free the nip, go for it. And also, I'm just trying to picture in my mind a t-shirt with like built-in nipples. So are there like <laughs> because what if your nipples don't align with the built-in nipples? Oh my god, Do you totally. Em, I have questions. <laughs> So to free the nipple or not is still the question that is to um, debate currently. So yeah, I'm not wearing a bra right now. How about you? (laughs) I am actually. Yeah. Why? Well, because I'm going into the work office today, so I couldn't. But I will say whenever I am home, the nipple is free for sure. Yeah. And if I'm in public, I generally do. I do cover my nipple. But- I think it's because my nipple, I, I like the way that my bra, my tits look better in a, in a bra as opposed to like being free. That's true. I have noticed that I look quite flat from the side when I'm not wearing a bra, but I've kind of come to embrace that. I'm a big bodysuit wearer and I, I think I'm somewhere in between a B and a C depending on what brand I'm using, but 
even with like a C cup, I still look flat from the side. If oh, I am, wow. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Just wearing like a bodysuit, you know? Yeah. But, like, um, like I'm a, I'm a small B. That's where I kind of lay. So that's kind of why I like the push up. I like the, the addition to that. Like I'm the same way as you. If I turn to the side, like my boots don't stick out as much. So mm-hmm. I like bras. Now, when it comes to the whole like ethical thing of it, um, I still think in public, like you should, for the most part, keep your nipples kind of covered. It's okay if it's out. And the reason why is because I don't know, I'm I'm sensitive to children. I don't know why I think of that. Ah. Like I don't know. I as as uh, you know, I have a girlfriend who has a daughter who's 12 years old, and it's just like leading by example. Like if mom has her t- nipples out, does that mean that the daughter can just let hers be seen through the t-shirt or you know visible through the t-shirt and stuff? So it becomes more of like. Now that I'm a mother, I'm thinking about these things. <laughs> wow. Well, update. One fun update. Yeah, you can share it because you found it. <laughs> so um, since this whole nipple thing, why don't they just create a piece of clothing that have your nipples out? Kim Kardashian has since released a free the nipple wild new bra that is a bra designed that just has the nipples built into it. So you can always be showing your nipples if you want to. And they'll be in the perfect spots. <laughs> But, but will they? That's the question. We gotta we gotta try it. Skims, send us your bra. We'll we'll report back and let everybody know. <laughs> so next we're gonna talk about uh moving down from the nipple area down into <laughs> the vaginal area. This next one is from episode 12 with the builder and M. That was such a fucking fun episode. I yeah. love that episode. If you have not listened to it, run don't walk. It's one of my absolute favorites. Um, and it's about DVP. They are our Resident DVP guys. <laughs> the builder is the vag guy and M is the butt guy. And in this part, they talked about DVAAP, which what is we've decided. That? <laughs> yeah, actually, okay, listen up and find out for yourself. <laughs> So is that the best position to be in? You guys said you found that to be the best position where vag guy is on their back, woman riding, um, but guy slips in behind. For us, our best success. What's what's worked the best. It's just like a logistical thing. Have you done other positions that you like? Well, we've actually tried (laughs) a a triple penetration at one point, mm-hmm. um, which was an interesting logistical challenge. Succeeded. I would say we were actually successful. We for for a few brief moments in there, we were all three of us were. Um, that was all vagina, right? That was all. That was a DVP. No, 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 no. That was that was a TVP. That was a an ass and two in the vagina. Okay. Okay. So DV and P. No DVAP. Double vaginal D V A A P double <laughs> vaginal and anal penetration. Yes. Is that right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that's right. That'd be Diva. So who was where? What was the that sounds so challenging? How do you fit all those hips in the same spot? <clears throat> mm. Yeah. So I want to say that um C was on the bottom, right? Yeah. That's right. Yep. And then you were the butt guy again. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like the same thing. So, so C was sort of in my place on the bottom. We'll call her And Nadia. then I kind of came in 
behind and M had to try to shift his hips as far up as possible while still, you know, keeping, uh, you know, his dick in, <laughs> in her ass and um, make just a slight enough room that I could kind of just squeeze it through. And luckily I had just enough length to um, get just the tip. <laughs> just the yep. tip situation. <laughs> Was that what's that physician yeah. called? Was that like just stuffed? It's not air tight. That's super yeah, stuffed. Like, literally, that's <laughs> only super if we had stuffed. our dick in the mouth guy at that time. <laughs> I yeah. know, right? We did not have our third party contracted with us that day. No, <laughs> <laughs> but you did have the voyeur in the corner with a vibrator. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's that's when corner. you all looked over at me and you saw me on the floor because I snuck in and I put my finger over my lips like shh, don't, because I didn't want to ruin the moment because I knew the magic that was happening in front of me. <laughs> You had went to bed and somehow knew to wake up just at the right time to walk into the corner to watch a triple no, penetration. I, I feel like you just feel like the sexual energy come like through the house, yeah, and it wakes you, it just rouses you out of your slumber. Me, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm picturing Frozen too, with like the call, the spirits calling you. <laughs> <laughs> it's very the appropriate. That's exactly Dirty Disney. What it's like. Here we come. Dirty Disney. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, it's have possible. you ever seen it happen since then? No, I have not seen this before. Ever since that time frame, but. Now that we're all updating our sexual experiences, let's put it on our fuck it list for 2024. <laughs> I'll put it on my fuck it list. Although now that I have experienced uh, DVP, wait, no. DVP, You've had DVP. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, that frightens me to have <laughs> DVP and anal penetration at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Like it's, Holy shit. it's already tight in there and now you're just going to add the third one. I can't even, but, but your DVP experience, can you refresh my memory? Were you, was it like DVP, it was inserted, it's in, it counts, or was it you were able to fucking move and actually enjoy There was it? a little bit of thrusting. Okay. Um, and actually, I don't know if I shared this, did I? So when Jay and I were down in Atlanta for one of my vanilla friend's weddings, we stayed overnight at um, Ace and Jess's house and we did DVP again. Did I share that? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember this. I don't know either. So listeners, sorry if this is a repeat, but <laughs> otherwise, guess what? I did DVP a second time and it was that was way less thrusting because Ace and Jay are both well endowed. Quite well endowed. Yeah. And I was fully sober. It was the middle of the day. And so um, I felt everything very intensely. And so, yeah, that, but I did it again. And so the, the first time there was a little bit of thrusting that happened on Jay's part, but the second time it was just like, we're in, we did it. Okay, get out. <laughs> <laughs> the, la the, the last time I DVP'd, it was with M and a strap on or like a dildo, like a like an external cock. And I actually yeah. had a difficult time because the other cock was pretty thick too. So it was it was hard to actually, you know, get it all the way in and thrust with it. And I really do think that it is a, you know, time, place and setting and circumstance situation that allows you to open up more because 
when I saw you first DVP, the first experience you had, I also DVP at that day. And I was, there was thrusting. I came with them both in you my were vagina. fully fucking. Yeah. yeah. Like you wouldn't, you would probably not even believe that there was two in my pussy. That's how, that's how we were fucking with it. Yeah. So, and then in that second time after with the, with the cock and it just wasn't the, it wasn't the same. I couldn't thrust with it. I couldn't enjoy it as much. So. Set and That's setting. That's a great point. Set mm-hmm. and setting, just like psychedelics. Yeah, DVP, yeah, set yeah. and setting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now oh DVAAP, which I looked up, there is there is porn around this. So maybe we need to do some market research and see what positions that you can double vaginal anal. No, double vagina penetration and anal penetration. It's so hard to say. (laughs) It is. And to the builder's point in that clip, you know, he said it was just the tip because it's just when there are legs involved, it's very difficult to get all of them in there. Mm Yeah. Yeah. And you have to get real close with your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like this is not for the, the guys that are, that don't like to be around other dicks or having other dicks touch. They have to be very comfortable in their masculinity and their sexuality uh, for this kind of thing to happen for sure. Yeah. Like the builder was probably all up on M and like his ass was like in his face. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, you just, you just close your eyes. It's fine. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next up we have a clip from Team Money's episode, episode 39 about stretching fetishes. That was our number one episode from last year. Is that uh-huh. correct? Yeah. It was one of the top ones for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So stretching fetish, we we talk about fisting, we talk about DVP, mm-hmm. our, our favorite topic from 2023. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speculum. Yeah, vagina spreading. And in this episode, we spoke about fucking pregnant people. Yeah. Uh, because uh-huh. he has experience with this. So go ahead and listen to this one. Okay, so something that I haven't spoken to you guys about, you guys got together in D.C. last weekend. How was that? I want to hear some sexy stories, something about fucking pregnant women. Are we talking about that? (laughs) Yes. Yes, so we can let our listeners know that, yes, I am pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we've uh, figured out that this baby has already been in three orgies. <laughs> oh the my god! That, uh, Actually, that's really fun. <laughs> yeah, legit, <laughs> legit. Like so weird to say it, but he is the most experienced uh, of probably most people in their lives when it comes to orgies. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we shared that experience and we just had this like discussion of how do you feel about fucking pregnant women and, and what does that feel like? And so I, as a male, I want to ask you team money, what you think about having sex with pregnant women. Do you feel like you can, you get more turned on? Do you sense pheromones? Does it attract, are you attracted to that or it doesn't make a difference? Um, I don't know if my case is unique, but, um, when, it gets later in pregnancy, it completely changes. Um, the whole vagina changes. The outer lips um, get much more swollen, and the juices inside are almost like a thicker juice. 
And I know the last couple of months of pregnancy is more what I would base uh, my experiences on because that's what I remember the most. She was always super horny. Like she craved sex every day. And I was down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I will say that since being pregnant, I noticed my sex drive has gone up to the point where I have woken up in the middle of the night extremely wet like wanting just needed needing an orgasm and and had to fuck. And at the time um, I saved it and I didn't, I didn't wake my, my husband up. I just kind of saved it. And I was like, I'm going to wait till the morning time and like ravage him in the morning because we both need our sleep. I know how I am with that. (laughs) So, but I've noticed I'm waking up in the middle of the night. I'm having more dirty dreams. I'm initiating a lot more, definitely have more sex because I got more hormones. I got more estrogen flowing through me, you know, everything's pumping and raging. So reason why we did not uh, release that one and I cut it out is because we decided to have like a big reveal and a full pregnancy, like fucking while pregnant episode. Um, I think it was even the next week or something Yeah, it was like like a later date. So we held off on revealing that information. And so pregnancy update, in that clip, I talked about the, you know, waking up with having wet dreams and being super soaked. And that was more prevalent for me in the first trimester. Now that I'm in my second, I don't necessarily have all of that. But at the same time, I'm still initiating sex more than I have in the past when I wasn't pregnant. So definitely the hormones are still raging. And when I am ready to play and have sex and have fun, like I'm ready to go for hours and all night. You know, I'd mentioned, uh, you know, different podcasts, like if we have time, we're fucking, you know, three times in 12 hours or in 24 hours sometimes when we are playful and fun and having sexy time together. So definitely feeling the pregnancy hormones are still raging in the second trimester. (laughs) And has there been any um, reports back from M that, you know, you've gotten wetter or like any changes in actual like chemistry in your body? No. So, so far still, still nothing has changed. Yeah. Taste, texture. Um, I would say that I'm more wet. Definitely. I definitely get more, more lubricated for sure, which makes it a lot easier that I don't have to rely on lube as much but still need some lube here and there, especially when you're going for a couple hours. <laughs> and now that your um, tummy is starting to pop, how, how does that feel? Like, do you have to change your positions up a little bit more recently or just yeah. use that sex swing? <laughs> <laughs> so the sex swing is still very active. I can't, uh, one of my favorite positions is lying on my stomach and that I can't necessarily do for as long. And I, I can literally feel her kick when I lay on my stomach, like she's like, get me off. Like this is not enough yeah. room for me. You know, like oh I get to feel her moving around. So, so there are positional changes. I can't just lay flat on my belly, but that's probably the only limitation right now. Mm. Yeah. So we'll, we'll keep you updated on the, the mucusiness that she might <laughs> Oh about. my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you have a friend, Sasha. Yeah. So you'll hear her on a future episode coming out uh, later this month. But Sasha works in the, she's a webcam girl. She works online and she talks about how some of the kinky content out there, there is a huge demand for pregnancy content. And so just, she's like, you could just be in front of your camera and just lay there with your pregnant belly. You don't even have to do anything. You don't have to touch yourself. Just live your life, but just have your pregnant belly out. And there are, there is a market for that. 
I was like, wow, I am thinking about all of these things that I could start recording. So we're recording more of our sex these days. So we're just going to see what we end up doing with this content. But stay tuned. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, you can send it my way. I'm just saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a little more sexy content for you guys. Another clip. Uh, this is from episode three. Holy crap. Way back oh, when. Oh, yeah. It's an original. And this is before we even had the name, The Builder, for The Builder. Yeah, or Slotlana, who was the one on the computer. <laughs> yes. So when you listen to this one, know that the people that we're talking about are The Builder and Slotlana. Right here. So first things first, we have to talk about Tulum. You were there over New Year's Eve. I know I heard a couple of things about, you know, just what you guys did basically, but I'm kind of looking for spicy details. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you guys stayed in an Airbnb, so I'm sure you guys had lots of time for orgies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that happened frequently. So yeah, we got an Airbnb and that was, um, it was really convenient just to have our own space, our own house. There was 11 of us there. So we did have a couple orgies, which was a lot of fun. And you know, it's always hard, like 11 people, how do you rally everybody to get together in to the same flow and mojo? And again, it comes down to changing your clothes and going into costume. Mm. And so when we were all just kind of like, because you can hang out and talk and laugh and just bullshit for hours, but there's got to be something that switches everybody over into sexy mode. So on the fly each night when we were trying to get into sexy mode, we were said, okay, what's our theme tonight? What what clothes are we going to wear? So the first night was rave. So everybody got into glow gear. And we all had traveled with black lights and our star lights. And in the um, Airbnb, there was a bunk room. So it had four beds in it. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up bringing two of the mattresses upstairs into the master and made like one big giant bed so that when we were playing, there was space for everyone to kind of do their thing. So mm. yeah. So first night was glow night and um, we have a new member of the Joy family. <laughs> have you heard of Becky yet? <laughs> no. So Becky is a blow up doll, like one of those cheap, like ones with her mouth permanently open and a hole in her front and a hole in her back. We won her at a Christmas party at like a naughty snowball event that we went to in in December. And so we dressed her up, named her Becky, and now we're bringing her everywhere. So we brought her to Tulum and we blew her up that night. And Becky had her first uh, bucket list thing kind of taken off her list was she got airtight. So someone um, fucked her face and someone fucked her pussy. Pussy and her ass. Wait, she has an ass too? <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. So, it, so all three guys uh, gang banged Becky, but then she ended up popping. <laughs> <laughs> they popped her. Wait, did yes. it happen while gang banging? So at some point after, yeah, like it, she just started to deflate like during it and that was it. We had to put her down. So she just kind of laid on the floor like one of those crime scene victims. Oh my God, <laughs> Becky, poor Becky. Yeah. So that was the Becky story. So that was a highlight of glow orgy. <laughs> 
Well, I do want to ask you if you had set any intentions going into the week, sexual intentions or personal intentions in that environment. So that's a great question. And actually I didn't, I didn't go in with any sexual intentions specifically. There were, there were two males there that one I've, I had never had sex with before, but we had been friends for two years now, but just see each other in parties and passing and all of that. And then there's another male there that it had been a while since I had sex with him and I missed that sex. And I was able to achieve both of those and they were both amazing experiences. And to the one that I haven't had sex with in a really long time, this was after the night that we were up until sunrise and we came back and we called it club pool and we went up and all skinny dipped in the pool because we were all hot and sweaty and gross from the night. So we were swimming naked. And then some people got food. And I was thinking, like, we're going to have, like, a morning orgy. Like, I'm ready to fuck. Like, I'm horny. Like, I know we're underslept. But let's do this. And all of a sudden, people started dropping like flies because it was now 1030 in the morning, 1130 in the morning. And we haven't gone to sleep yet. So everyone starts going to sleep. I look at my at my husband and I'm like, babe, like we have an opportunity to have a threesome because all these people were dropping and I'm looking around. I'm like, this person's available. And he was like, babe, like I'm really tired. I'm like, all right, what if it's just me and you? And he's like, babe, I'm really tired. I'm like, all right, fine. You're really tired. I'll let you sleep. <laughs> so then I'm like, oh man, like, will he still want to like, will he have sex with me? Like, I wonder where he went, the other guy that I wanted to have the threesome with. So I ended up passing him in the hallway and I was like, Hey, (laughs) he's like, Hey, I'm like, are you horny? He's like, I'm so horny. I was like, okay, where can we fuck? I was like, your partner sleeping in her bed, my partner sleeping in my bed. All the bedrooms were taken. And then our friend was actually working on her computer in the living room. And so I went down to her because she didn't come to the DJ party. So she had a full night of sleep. Literally, she was just waking up while we were coming home. And so she was going into her work day. So And so I went down to her and I was like, hey, I was like, are you like horny right now? Like, do you want to play with me and ex, you know, and this guy. And she looked at me and she's like, I'm in club email. I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm staying here to do my work. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, so can I use your bedroom? <laughs> and she was like, yes, you can use it. I was like, you are the bestest friend ever. <laughs> so she had the bunk room. And so uh, me and the guy went into the bunk room and it's, have you ever fucked on a bunk bed? No. Oh my god! So. so unfortunately, the the top mattresses were gone because we had moved I lied. them. I have. Okay, <laughs> I keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so we were stuck on the bottom bunk, and obviously, like I hit my head probably like ten times on the bunk bed, but we fucked like rabbits. And this was the guy I hadn't fucked in a while, and him and I together, it was just like he was on top, I was on top. Then I was bent over doggy and then on the, there were two bunk beds. So if you could imagine me standing in between the two bunk beds and there was a ladder on both sides. So I went onto the third 
step of each ladder and got up high and he fucked me standing up. It has been a dream of mine to like, that is one of my fuck it list positions that I wanted to be fucked standing up and held by a guy with my legs like that. And I'm not like the tiniest petite girl and it's hard to find like a six foot four dude who could hold me up. So I never felt comfortable enough, but having leverage with my legs on the ladder and being able to hold on, oh my God, it was so good. We were dripping sweat at the end. It was the hottest, sweatiest oh, sex ever. My God. Actually, that was one of my questions if you had uh, checked anything off of the fuck it list. So that's yeah. a good one. That was one of them for fuck sure. It's fucking standing up and then fucking the, the new guy that I hadn't fucked was another thing. So those are probably my two my two things that were highlights oh, for me. Oh, <laughs> I'm so happy. Successful challenge. Yeah. I mean, everything was great. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, everything else was phenomenal. But those are the ones that- Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, naughty, sexy, silly story from Tulum. Yeah, Becky is no longer thriving, by the way. She is out of the picture. Channing is in. You'll hear about him in a future episode. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Channing. Okay. Uh, Something I thought was interesting listening back to this episode or this clip was – I didn't know you guys as well then. Um, I've only known you – now it's been two years. So then it was like only a year and I had been to only a handful of parties. And I didn't know fully like how normal something like that is because now (laughs) my reaction is a little bit like, oh, yeah, like you guys – you guys fucked – a blow-up doll, of course. It got airtight. But like (laughs) then I was just so like, oh my God, you did this. So I was just like remarking at how I was reacting to your story then and how I would react now, which is interesting. (laughs) Now you're a part of those stories. (laughs) Yes, I'm a part of them. And I'm almost desensitized to the weirdness that is our group. I I was actually with um, a couple of our friends the other day and we were like, isn't it weird? Like sometimes when you really actually think about the shit that we do, like how normal it is for us, but like, this isn't normal. None of this is normal (laughs) at all. I, it's so not normal that I had asked someone to be a guest on our show and she said no, because she felt she's like, I am not expert level. (laughs) Like you guys are, we're like, we're not expert. We're just silly. She was like, I have not done half the things you guys have done. And so she didn't, she didn't feel comfortable. And I'm like, no. So I'm still working on her because I think everybody is welcome on this show. Yeah. Cause it's not about that. I mean, like I'm not as experienced as you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but we both bring something different to it. And like, even someone who's completely new to this lifestyle, to fetish, to their sexual journey is bringing something different, a different perspective to it. So we're all at different points in our journey. And that's what this is all about. Yeah. You tell her I said that. All right. (laughs) Well, she listens to the show. So listen up. I don't have a name for her. Listen up, baby girl. She lives in another country. She's from Switzerland. So (laughs) you know who you are. (laughs) Um, So um, another thing that listening back to this clip that I thought about was how much I just appreciate my friends so much that Slutlana graciously let us use her bedroom and fuck all over it and sweat all over it and all the things that, you know, a good friend (laughs) would do in the lifestyle. So thank you, Slutlana, for helping me get laid, helping me and Builder have some fun, <laughs> and fulfilling a fuck it list item for me, which was a fuck it list item. Yeah, that was was st- fucking standing up. 
Yeah. Um, and then another thing that we kind of noticed and like have to relearn every single time, we've talked a lot about like how do you transition into sexy time? And when you're just like, you know, fucking around with your friends and having a good time, it is so helpful to change clothes. And everybody gets into the mindset and a different gear for the nighttime, the sexy time. And you know, you mentioned that in this clip. And again, you yeah. have to relearn it every time. Yeah, honestly. And it's a whole ambiance. I think it's, you know, like even the other night we were trying to switch a sexy time because Lana staying with us. And M was like, oh, should I leave this music on and just transfer it into the other room? I was like, no. I was like, everything needs to change. The lights need to change, the music, the sound, what we're wearing, you know, what's around us, the whole entire room, like everything needs to switch so that we can step into this next part of our night. Something else that I just noticed the other day is I can do all that and I can still not be in the mood. So I just have been recently getting out my wand and just putting it on myself and just having the blood start to flow there. Like I eventually get into the mood. So that's a big hack, life hack for me. Well, when you're using the wand, are you using it in the moment in front of everybody in the space that you're in or are you doing that privately? Uh, no, I'm I'm doing it in the space that I'm in. Like I'll just lay there and like that's that's how comfortable I've become with all these people. I just basically like sit there and I'm like, hey, can I use you as porn? Thanks. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so to, to piggyback off that, like one thing I've mentioned before in the past is like in between the days, if I stop into my bedroom for whatever reason, I'll put my vibrator on my clit just for a little bit and then kind of get myself close to coming and then stop and then go back. And nobody knows I've done it, but it's just something I trickle throughout the day. And then especially going into sexy time, if I am finding a nice outfit to wear, if I'm trying on lingerie to wear, in that time, I will also put a vibrator on my clit to just switch me into that mode. So when I walk down, I'm already dressed, I've already turned on, and I'm already ready to go. You're already turned on and the blood's already flowing. Yeah, so maybe I would recommend doing it while you're getting dressed to have that handy for you. These are some good uh, sexy life (laughs) hacks. Slut life hacks. Yeah, slut hacks, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to take this into a slightly different territory here. So these were kind of like sexier, funnier um, stories. And now we're just going to end these couple of clips with some more serious ones. So they were two beautiful back-to-back episodes with physics, um, episodes 45 and 46. They're on yoni massage versus squirting, sex magic, uh, prostate play, a little bit of prostate play, BDSM, communication, daddy dom, little girl. So they were two really great conversations. And in that first one, episode 45, when we focus on yoni massage, uh, physics takes us through the step-by-step. And he shared a couple of different stories of how having a yoni practice really has helped uh, a couple of people in his life. He's witnessed that. And this is one of those stories. Only reason why it was cut is because basically, you know, he had shared a couple of stories of how it was transformational for some people. Um, So this is another really beautiful one. So go ahead and give it a listen. And if, if I can, for just a second, go back to that experience of, of the partner who was the first one to really like have that release and cry. 
um, while we were dating, she was afflicted with this terrible stomach issue. And nobody knew what it was. She had been going on for two years. Uh, I'd not be able to see her for three or four days because she would be literally laying on the bathroom floor vomiting for days at a time. Mm. And they were getting ready to do exploratory surgery uh, to figure out what was going on. She had been to every specialist. And I, I just said, like, one of the nights we spent together when she was sleeping, she was having a really bad dream and she kept clenching her stomach clenching, clenching, clenching. She probably did a thousand sit-up equivalent while she's sleeping. And then she wakes up with a stomach ache. Well, yeah. You know, you're, and and I, I said, could this be anxiety? Is that what's causing this? And initially, she kind of freaked out on me. She's like, how could you say that this is all in my head? Do you have any idea what I've been through? Yada, yada, yada. And then she talked to her doctor about it. it turns out it was anxiety. And it was only through Yoni practice that she built up the confidence to admit what it was and go to therapy and get on medication. And it changed her life. And she's yeah. still, you know, eight years later, she will reach out every once in a while when we talk. And you know, I'll see her posting pictures from all over the world when she never used to leave her house. And wow. she would just say, I, you know, I want you to know that I have you to thank for this because of what you did and what you, the work that we did together. And it wasn't that like I fixed her, I cured her or anything like that. I simply opened up a door that she could walk through so that she could get the actual help that she needed. And that was like, that for me was kind of the sign from the universe. It's like, this has got to be part of your path, right? If you're able to affect this change in people and have these experiences, it's something that you need to dedicate and focus on. So that's yeah. what I did. Finding your calling. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just another fantastic example of how sex, can be used to heal trauma and just this whole extra space. And I mean, and to learn a little bit more about that, we talked about that with Leah in episode 41 and 42, but just like that somatic sexual healing where you can use sex and basically physical practices with your body as a therapeutic way to release emotions of shame or guilt or anger, or in this case, it was anxiety that's stored in the body physically and how it can truly change your life forever. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful example. Yeah. Uh, that was really, really powerful. I, I, I do a little bit of a work, uh, emotional work in my office and you know, the, there's this whole thing like the first law of thermodynamics is that energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be transferred. Uh, thoughts, and feelings are energy. So if you feel a certain way like an anxious, but you're avoiding it, you're stopping the energy dead in its tracks, but it doesn't go away. It just cyclones around itself somewhere in the body, and that's where it gets stored. And so I have had some pretty awesome experiences in my office where we've been able to release some of these energy healing issues through muscle testing. And I've had people who have been claustrophobic, that goes away, bulimic, where they would binge eat and throw up every night to all of a sudden cold turkey stop. Um, people who were afraid of heights or can now fly on planes and ride horses and travel again. And so this is a real thing where energy and trauma is stored physically in your body somewhere. And it's nice that we are learning about all the tools that we have out there to kind of release it all. That's so cool. I didn't know that you did that with people. So that's really Yeah. Cool. 
Come. Always learning new things about each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this last clip that we're going to dive into. So in this last clip, we kind of have saved the best for last. We really, really love this one. Um, it was also epi- – episode 45 with physics. And he was talking about, in addition to yoni massage, squirting, shibari, he was talking about temple, which is the femme-powered sex and kink group that he runs with his partner B in uh, Chicago. But he was talking about and shared with us the acronym that they use in their consent speeches at all of their events. And we found it to be so awesome. Oh, yeah. So powerful. And so we are sharing that with you here. So at the Halloween party, I was so mad at myself when we were um, when I was telling Elle about the party. I was like, oh, my God. And then they did a consent speech and they used this acronym and fuck it's fries, but I don't remember what it stands for. So I know it was something through Temple. Can you talk uh-huh. to us about fries? Yeah, yeah. And I was we were just sharing in the in the break that my favorite part of that event was that the host actually did that consent talk. Because um, I've been to a few of their parties. And last couple of times, uh, I did the consent talk. Um, and for him to stand up there and have it and have it rehearsed and I was like, I was like the proud dad. So, I mean, just very quickly, uh, fries, it's an acronym. So, uh, F and it's, it's, you need all of these things to meet the definition of consent. So it's freely given, um, in a party situation are the people there of their own free will or did somebody push them into coming, right? We see this a lot with couples. Like, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. You've got to come to this thing with me. You've got to come to this thing with me. Like, the person should be there of their own free will. And in those situations, when they're giving consent, it should be freely given. Again, with couples, we see, you know, with the swapping. And this is why we talk about swapping being uh, somewhat toxic, because it creates this uh, situation where, like, oh, I have to sleep with you because my partner's sleeping with your partner. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not freely given consent. Um, it's revocable. So, you know, R is revocable. It's uh, just because last week, you know, we did something together doesn't mean that today I want that same thing to happen. Right. So it's good to check in and make sure that I still want that. Um, also, if I agree to do something, I can take it away at any moment. Right. I, I'm never under any pressure to go through with something just because I already agreed to it. Like it's revocable at any point in time. Uh, I is informed, informed consent. We focus on STI status. If you're going to be swapping fluids of any, in any way, Um, but also uh, experience, right? If I'm negotiating a suspension with you, one of the questions you should ask is how much experience do I have suspending people, right? If it's my first one, I should tell you about that. Um, informing you of what is going to happen. Uh, just like we talked about Yoni massage. I'm going to tell you, like, these are the things that could happen. It's a massage of the inside of the vagina. You know, are you okay with that? Making sure the person understands what it is that they're actually agreeing to. Mm. F-R-I-E, enthusiastic. You heard me say it. If it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. Mm-hmm. If it's a, uh, I'm not sure, that, that's a no. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's, that's not an opportunity for you to try to talk that person into it because that, that violates the F. And then S is specific. Um, so we're going to talk exactly about what it is that we're going to be doing. Um, can I touch you? And you say yes. And then I grab your nipple, right? I wasn't very specific when I said, can I touch you? You probably thought like well, I was going to give you a hug or touch your arm or something. So you should be very specific um, in what your intentions are and what it is that you actually want to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's like kind of a framework to build a conversation uh, around consent. And when you're negotiating with someone, whether it's a new partner, we, we always hear people talk about, you know, like with a new partner, with a new partner, with most of the consent violations that we see are actually between people that have that medium level of familiarity, right? Mm. That they played a couple of times together. And like, you know, like I use the example, just because, you know, I let you do something two weeks ago, doesn't mean that I want it done again today. That's, that's the, the area that we see the most problem is those people that have played together a couple of times, been together a couple of times and one person just for one reason or another, um, you know, isn't specific enough, doesn't check in enough. Um, and we always say that like most consent violations are not like, you know, really serious assaults. They're most consent violations are just a mistake, a fuck up. And mm-hmm. they, in almost all situations, they can be solved with one more question. Just ask one more question mm-hmm. and you, you know, every time we have to address it and just so you know, at Temple, it's pretty rare. Like we don't have to deal with consent violations very often, um, but usually it's just a matter of communication. And if the person had just asked one more question, mm-hmm. uh, it would have been avoided. Just ask the question. There it is again. I always mm-hmm. say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for explaining that. That was beautiful because it, all of those things really allow you to touch on so many different aspects. Like we use fears, desires, and boundaries, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's a little mm-hmm. bit more generalized. And this fries concept just really takes it to the next level of having mm-hmm. those other conversations, which are so important. Yeah. And it's, 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 again, it's one of those things that like all of these things need to be in place for it to actually be real consent. You can still have those conversations, boundaries, limits. What are my rules in my relationship? What is it that I don't like this, that you do? You still should have all of those conversations. This is more of just getting people to think about consent is a lot more than just yes, no. Yeah. Right? There's, there's a lot that goes into it. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. Snaps. Snaps. <laughs> Snaps all around. <laughs> so, in summary, fries is all the things that need to be met to achieve consent, and they stand for free will, revocable, informed, enthusiastic, and specific. And for me, revocable really stood out to me, especially after re-listening to our rejection episode that we uh, revisited in December. You know, it's hard to reject someone after you've consented to them before, or maybe you said yes and you said you wanted to play, but you changed your mind. It feels really strange to say, wait a second, I I changed my mind. I don't want to do this anymore. But when you think about it in terms of all these things that need to be a fuck yes, enthusiastic consent, you know, it's like, 
No, it is revocable. I can change my mind. That is okay. At any time, even in the middle of the session. And that is such a powerful thing that we need to all embrace and be comfortable with doing is like saying no. And I think that's the hardest thing that people have still to this day is saying no. Even though we've been doing this for nine years, it's still hard. So it's just finding the right words to kind of lay it up there. And I find that it's always easier to deliver that kind of information when you put it in the position of I. I'm I'm not feeling totally comfortable right now. You know, it's a me thing, not a you thing, if that makes sense. And then it kind of mm. preserves their, you know, I don't want to say ego, but just their emotions and and keeping it light. Uh, one that one that stood out with B was free will. So in that example, he had talked about something that a lot of beginner people in the non-monogamous world kind of experience is like, well, we're swapping partners. And so my partner's having sex with your partner. So then that means I must have sex with the other one. And you may not always be 100% in on that. So you're kind of, quote unquote, taking it, taking one for the team, right? You're doing it because your partner's having fun. And I have definitely been in a different space now doing this for so many years where I've set my boundaries and I'm open to speaking very honestly about like, hey, I'm, I'm not feeling the vibe, but you can you can do what you want. But that's also given me the realization that I'm able to do that because M and I can play separately. I'm okay with that. I don't have to be involved. I don't have to be in the same room. So that I understand that that may not be the case for some other people. So that's a different conversation that you'd have to have. But that that's the one that really stood out to me was was the free will. And I'm happy to not be in that space anymore. And I have a voice now and I'm comfortable to speak up for what I want and what I don't want. Yeah. And I invite all of you for 2024, moving forward in every situation that you're in, use FRIES as your acronym to have these conversations with your partner um, or even the people that you're playing with in that particular moment. You know, we use fears, desires, and boundaries. This is, I think, way more specific and a little bit more clear. It opens up the conversation in many other avenues that maybe fears, desires, and boundaries doesn't open up. So that's my challenge for all of you listeners, you sexy little people, is to use FRIES. Well, and it's interesting too that he says that it's most often not like a full-on assault (laughs) that happens when consent is not adhered to. It's more just like a very small infraction because basically they didn't communicate enough and they didn't ask enough questions. And, you know, someone kind of like took it a little bit further than the person's thought that they were consenting to. They thought they were consenting to a hug when the the person who asked for the consent went in for a kiss. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think communication is key. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we always say it and now this is like a tool in your toolbox to facilitate that communication. I think that's the one thing that I love about this podcast is that we're giving you all like actionable tools that you can use to make this su- as successful and fun and sexy for all of you as possible. So Amen. So as always, you can uh, join in the conversation and email us at girlsgonedeep at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at girlsgonedeeppod. Go ahead and check out Woo More Play. You can go into our description, click on the link there, and that is our affiliate link. So go and get anything that you need sexually. They have everything from vibrators to lube. We highly recommend the coconut love oil. All of our friends in the Joy family use it. Um, I I actually uh, messaged the girls one time. I was baking and I was using coconut oil and that's what this 
woo more play lube actually smells like. And I was like, guys, why is it that when I'm baking, I'm always thinking of sex? <laughs> uh, ding, ding, ding. So, yeah. So it smells so good. And the freshies are our favorite wipes. We have them in every bathroom in all of our houses. So go stock up on them using our affiliate link to help us out. Yeah. And thank you to our sponsors, Horrible Life, which is the card game of Have You Ever All Things Sex and Kink. You can get your Hands on your first deck with code Gone Deep to get 10% off today. So kick off your year with some fun other tools for communication with Horrible Life. And last but not least, tune in next week for brand new content. We will be starting with all of those incredible interviews that we have lined up for 2024. We cannot wait to share them with you. And on that note, if you are in the non-monogamous or sex-positive community and want to be on the podcast, please reach out to us. We love expanding our knowledge of this community and giving you a platform to share your stories or your business with the world. And if you know anyone else who might want to be on, please send them our way as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We would love to hear from you guys. Happy 2024, everybody. We are so excited for this year and we hope you guys uh, are reflecting on what you want to check off your fuck it list for this year. (laughs) Have a great year. Stay sexy, everybody. 